You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour one on this Tuesday, Dan and the Dan at Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board, allowing us into your live lives uh, and uh, come in and stay a while. You can watch, you can listen, you can tweet if you like, you can email, you can do all the above. Coming up in a little bit, we'll uh, talk about LeBron James talking about Michael Jordan as a teammate. And uh, some interesting comments on that. Adrian Wojnarowski, the ESPN Senior NBA Insider, will join us coming up in a little bit. Are we inching closer to a season? Inching closer to not having a season. We'll talk to Woj about that coming up. Governors of New York, Texas, and California said yesterday they will support the return of professional sports. Now, it looks like it's going to be without fans. And it's a good sign for people rooting for the return of sports. There was particular concern about New York and California. But now that they're okay with teams coming back, leagues can really get to work planning this out. Maybe you don't have to have a plan B. Maybe you're able to carry out plan A. But it feels like plan B and plan C are still on the agenda. Various practice facilities are opening up around the nation. Some of the NFL teams are opening up. It feels like there's movement. And I know it's been at a snail's pace, or at least it feels that way. But it feels like once one team, one league, one commissioner makes a decision, then others will follow. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Major League Baseball laid out a set of restrictive guidelines that are going to be hard to meet here. The NFL is reportedly looking at, can they incorporate the medical mask into the game? Not hearing much from the NBA. And I view that as a good sign because it feels like when these commissioners are talking, it feels like they're putting things out for the media to disseminate, for us to provide opinions on it, and then they go back to the uh, drawing board. feels like the NBA is saying, let's emerge with a plan, stick to the plan, and see if we can make this happen. It's a long process, but having buy-ins from the governors of the three biggest states is an important step and a reason to be cautiously optimistic that we're going to have a full slate of sports returning. Here is the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, on returning in June. Sporting events, uh, pro sports, in that first uh, week or so of June without spectators and modifications and very prescriptive conditions uh, also can begin to move forward. And a number of other sectors of our economy will open up again if we hold uh, these trend lines in the next number of weeks. And that includes, uh, for example, getting a haircut. Okay. Now, you realize how quickly this has changed to last week where the governor said, hey, we're going to extend this for three more months, the stay at home. Now, here we are. That's why when you make these arbitrary deadlines, this is when we're coming back. This is what we're going to do. It's fluid. Hopefully, we're able to you get one chance, it feels like, to do this right. And that's what the leagues have to understand. You got one chance, do it right, so you don't have a second wave or a backlash or something goes wrong. You ensure that this is the best we can do, and we're going to try it. Because it feels like if it doesn't, that's when seasons get shut down. Here is the uh, governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, on opening uh, for business. I also have been encouraging major sports teams to plan reopenings uh, without fans, but the games could be televised. New York State will help those major sports franchises to do just that. 
hockey, basketball, baseball, football, whoever can reopen. We're a ready, willing, and able partner. And he's a big Buffalo Bills fan, so he says he wants to see the Buffalo Bills. It's going to happen. The question is, what's it going to look like when it happens? What's it going to feel like when it happens? I go back to nine weeks ago. That's when the sports world changed. That's really when the world changed. That's when our country changed. March 11th, Wednesday saw the sports world response escalate dramatically. It ended the day with the NBA suspending its season. We started out with the World Health Organization declaring the virus a pandemic. Baseball then was starting to look at alternative sites. They weren't sure what they were going to be able to do. Contingency plans. Could they play baseball in an empty stadium? The NBA considered the same initiatives. The Warriors announced they would play home games without fans in the foreseeable future. Then the Ivy League canceled all spring sports. They canceled their basketball tournament. The Ivy League canceled their basketball tournament for the team to go to the NCAA. That caught our attention, but then people responded by saying, yeah, but it's not a moneymaker for the Ivy League. So this isn't a big deal. Okay, this is all on the same day. So the Ivy League did that. NCAA announced it would hold March Madness without fans after days of pressure to do so. You also had Rudy Gobert test positive for the virus. The NBA promptly suspended its season indefinitely. That's all on March 11th. Five NBA teams quarantined after potential exposure to coronavirus from Rudy Gobert. The next day, March 12th, Donovan Mitchell, the Jazz, tested positive. One day after his teammate, Rudy Gobert, tested positive. MLS suspended its season for 30 days. The ATP shut down for six weeks. U.S. soccer called off its men's national team and women's national team friendlies. Every power conference in the NCAA canceled their conference tournaments. Big 10, Pac-12, Big East, ACC, Big 12, SEC decided to end their seasons because of the virus. Multiple NFL teams limited travel for coaches and scouts. They were getting ready for the NFL draft. Baseball announced that it would delay the beginning of the season for a minimum of two weeks. This is all within a span of 48 hours. NBA announced that they would suspend play for at least 30 days before reassessing. Basketball tournaments were canceled, men's and women's, on March 12th. Rudy Gobert came out and apologized for people that I endangered. And uh, after round one of the PGA Championship, the PGA Tour on Thursday night canceled the event until the Masters. All events. That's two days, and it's been a long nine weeks. We're hopeful we want it to come back. It, it kind of signifies that the spirit we have. We can make it through this. This helps. I understand all of those things. Here's something that you should really keep an eye on. And once again, you have a lot of leagues, commissioners, schools that are waiting for somebody to do something and then they can follow. Notre Dame announced that they're coming back in August and wrapping up the semester before Thanksgiving. I think this is going to be a trendsetter. And this is for college football. The president, Reverend John Jenkins, reimagined fall semester on campus might mean to sports, particularly football, starts predictably with a hypothetical. What you're going to see, and what we could see, I should say, what we could see, you start school on August 10th, 
and then you go until October, you finish before Thanksgiving, and then you're done with that first semester. So Thanksgiving, you're done. Is that when we have football coming back? So the students leave, they go on their break, and then they don't come back until after Christmas. Can you put a football season in that window? So this is just a hypothetical to allow these football players to come back and play and how you can do this in that time frame while still allowing students on campus. It's just a hypothetical, but that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with hypotheticals right now. And the question is, can we get other schools to look at that window there? I still think the Pac-12 is in a lot of trouble here of trying to, I told you that they were only going to play conference games. And that came out yesterday, that that's what they're looking at. They're going to try to play conference games. Now you have the California governor saying we're sort of open for business. That helps them. The NFL teams in California, are they looking at alternative sites for the first month of the season? All hypotheticals, plan B, plan C, whatever it is, these are all things that they're thinking of. But the governor's coming out in New York, Texas, and California is really big. Now the question is, what's the next step? What's the next league to come back? NASCAR came back, no fans, 6 million fans watching, 6 million viewers. Best, best ratings they've had in three years there. A little bit of soccer coming back. Premier League is going to be coming back. So we're inching back. But we should be taking baby steps because it comes back to what I said before. We got one shot. Because if somebody tests positive when we come back for the NBA season, we're done. What are you going to do with baseball? Now they're saying, hey, you can't spit. If you're on first base, how, like, there's just things that need to be worked out. Can you hold a runner on? How close? I mean, that's not six, six feet. Social distancing. There's a lot of things here still in play. But do I think that we're making progress, making a turn here? I hope. That's all I can do is hope. This program brought to you by LegalZoom. They make it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. We'll uh, check in with the former uh, baseball player, the mayor, Sean Casey from MLB Network. He'll join us coming up. We'll talk about can we play baseball? What is baseball going to look like, feel like, sound like when we come back? Also, uh, Mike Florio will join us. Uh, we'll talk to him about some teams. Are they getting an unfair advantage that they can open up their facilities and other teams can't? So we'll talk to Florio coming up a little bit later on. Once again, LeBron James has some thoughts about the last dance, about Michael Jordan as a teammate. And, of course, the LeBron haters are going to jump all over this. But welcome to the program. You can watch on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You can also dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. We're part of the Fox Sports Radio lineup, 362 radio affiliates around the country. Have a play of the day, stat of the day, and a poll question, McLovin. What do you have for me today? Okay, I think we might have asked this before, but which of the pro sports needs fans the most? Baseball, college football, pro football, NBA, or NHL? College football. Or, yeah. Yeah, college football. What about a baseball and all the, the gate they get? Because they have so many fans that come in. I feel like they also <laughs> kind of need it. Or no. Well, wait a minute. I, I'm, I, I'm confused, though, because if you're saying college football fans are part of the event, whereas right. baseball fans aren't, NFL fans aren't necessarily, 
NBA fans aren't necessarily. Like college football is part of the college football fan experience. As far as losing money, we're looking at some of these raw numbers that baseball owners are saying what they're going to lose per game without having fans there. So one is a business decision. The other one is the aesthetics of watching a sporting event and what those fans mean to that sporting event. What else do you but have? Are they tied together, though? You know, doesn't college football stand to lose financially if they, oh, yeah. if they water down their product? Yeah, but baseball is only talking about the amount of money. College football, it's about us going to a game. You don't, there's not the same passion of going to a baseball game as there is going to a, a college football game. But yeah, they're, they're all intertwined because of the, the bottom line is the amount of money that's going to be lost here. That's the reason why you have these athletic directors, these presidents, these governors. They're trying to get sports back in some way, shape, or form because of the amount of money that's at stake here. Yeah, McLeod. Yeah, no, I, I, I wonder though, MLB, I feel like the fans, like we always show those beer spilling videos and the, you know, I feel like the experience of sitting in a baseball game were underrating a little bit because that, that's how I grew up on the sport. And now it feels like, is that going to be a good TV sport? Yeah, but I, I don't, the fans don't matter at a baseball game. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I see a foul ball and a guy makes a catch or something. And other than that, somebody's doing the wave, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. College football does. The NFL does because there's a home crowd advantage there in certain stadiums. There's a true home field advantage. When's the last time somebody said, boy, they got a great home field advantage in baseball? Not at a long time. No. But, but the f- truth is, uh, am I going to have to sit and watch nine innings of a baseball game now? You would probably do that right now. You'd watch an entire baseball game. I watch a NASCAR race. Yeah. Uh, I have another an NBA poll uh, right. with Woj coming up. If you were the NBA, would you consider jumping straight to the playoffs? I don't think you can do it right away because I think you have to have a little bit of a grace period there. There has to be a transitional period for these these players. They have to get ready, and I'm thinking five games. So I'm, I'm going to give you two weeks to get ready, and then there's going to be five games, and then that allows these teams, and I think there's a couple of teams – that might be able to still make it into the playoffs. You got the standings, Paul? Yeah, the East is pretty set. The Orlando Magic are 30 and 35, and they have the AC. The Washington Wizards are five games behind them. So that would be really tough. The East is just about set. The Memphis Grizzlies are 32 and 33. They have the eighth seed in the West. The Trailblazers and the Pelicans and the Kings and the Spurs are all within three games of the A spot. Okay. Four games of the A spot. Yeah, if you have three game, or five games there and then you go into the postseason, but I would do an abbreviated uh, postseason as far as the number of games in each series. I would, I would try to get as quickly to the conference finals and the NBA finals as I can. What else do you have, McLovin? Uh, okay, I have a MJ LeBron no. question, but I don't know if I want to do this this early because you're in a good mood now and it might get you fired up. Why don't you save it? Okay. We'll save it there. We'll talk to Woj about what are the plans for the NBA season to resume. Uh, Frank in Ohio joins us. Hey, Frank. Hey, Frank. Hey, Frank. See you, Frank. Try again. 877-3. Starting out strong. Help the team a little. 877-3DP-SHOW. Yeah, we got to start off. Marvin, we got to start off with a great phone call. We can't just start and then all of a sudden you go, where is Frank? Come on, Frankie. You're better than that. Yeah, Paul. You call into a sports radio show, you'd be ready to talk. Unless he thought, look, Dan doesn't normally take phone calls in the first segment, but 
I don't know. You got to be ready there. Come on, Frank. You're better than that. <laughs> All right. We'll come back with our poll question. Uh, stat of the day, play of the day. We'll talk to Woj about the NBA season. Check in with Florio as well. We'll talk some baseball with Sean Casey. All of that coming up. And uh, you can be part of the program in a variety of ways here. 18 after the hour, just getting started on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Ah, chat row. You wanted them. You got them. The all-new redesigned store at danpatrick.com. The shirt designed by you for you. Bunch of other new gear. Check it out at danpatrick.com. Chat row t-shirt is available. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. We'll get to phone calls here. Settle on a poll question. McLovin sitting on one that has to do with LeBron and Jordan. Of course, we're going for clicks here. Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN Senior NBA Insider, joining us on the program. Woj, good morning. How are you? Dan, good morning. I'm great. All right. Where do we stand here? The NBA's been pretty quiet. Is that a good sign or a bad sign? I think it's been a good sign. I mean, if, 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 you're, if you want the league back and uh, that's the goal here, I think they're moving toward that, Dan. And, you know, they've been putting all the contingencies in place. And, and really what they're waiting for is Adam Silver to just – Kind of hit the green light here probably sometime in June. Uh, but they, they've been moving toward it, and they've got, you know, Silver's done a pretty remarkable job of keeping a lot of the details very tight, even away from his owners, front office, the union, hmm. in terms of exactly how many teams would come back. Uh, I think the site is starting to narrow down uh, to a one- or two-site scenario, but – uh, there's certainly momentum toward the league coming back. Now, when you're talking about site or sites, are we talking about Vegas, Orlando? Uh, are those the two sites that are in uh, conversations? Th- that's right, Dan. And uh, Orlando has had a, a lot of traction. And uh, I-, I think the question is going to be, um, you know, are they going to put all the teams in one place? Or are they going to perhaps have teams moving um among two sites based on an Eastern Western conference scenario. But uh, the one thing Adam Silver has told the players and told the owners, what he doesn't want are teams flying around. You're not going to see what baseball's proposing, which Mm -hmm. is teams moving around playing in home stadiums. The NBA is focused on a one site, no fans. uh, And then they're going to deal with trying to get back into arenas again, buildings again, for the start of next season. So just to recap, you're looking at at least maybe one you know, permanent site here for the postseason or possibly two permanent sites with Vegas and Orlando where you have East Coast and West Coast teams. And that, the, that's possible. The, that, that's one way they could do it, Dan. They, they may put everybody in one site. The thing that we don't know yet, and I think they're still working through, is are they bringing back all 30 teams? Are they bringing back just the playoff teams or something maybe in between it where you would have, let, let's say, the seven – there was a talk last uh, – there was a vote that was actually coming 
to do for next year, which was the play-in tournament at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, like a year ago, that's all we were talking about. That was the big issue in the league, play-in tournament, mid-season tournament. Uh, but they could, they could, in bringing these teams back, do a play-in tournament that might, that might take you through the 10th seed or maybe even the 12th seed. And, you know, then it's how many teams are you bringing back? Do you leave out maybe the bottom few teams in each conference? Uh, but I don't have – uh, I think they've discussed all of that, Dan, but they still may very well bring back all 30. There may be teams who don't want to be left out in that way. And this is where it gets tough for Adam Silver when you have to start making decisions. Uh, I think his handling of the matter has been very popular within the league and probably even outside the league. But, but it gets more difficult when you start to have – decisions made that have consequences impact people and then people are less happy with you has everybody been paid all of the players their their entire salaries well starting on may 15th so i don't even know what the date is anymore <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it's the 18th, <laughs> the 18th. starting on may 15th they started to withhold 25 percent of the players remaining salaries so that if games are canceled then i think we can assume there will at least be some regular season games canceled. They're not going to come back and be able to play them all. Then the owners take back a percentage of that money. It's basically 1% of player salaries based on how many games they miss. And so now they've had withholding taking, taken from their salary, so they don't have to take it all out at once at the end of the season. It's the 19th, Woj. I was, I was wrong. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm like, <laughs> I at least know the month. I don't know the day. We're talking to Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN Senior NBA Insider. Are the power brokers in, involved in this? Chris Paul, LeBron James, some of the other notable players with the commissioner? Yeah, Chris Paul is the president of the Players Association. So, you know, he's very much in that conversation. Uh, Dan, um, him, Michelle Roberts. Adam Silver, they, they talk frequently. The, the one advantage that Silver has in this scenario, um, maybe even over uh, baseball right now, I think there's a stronger relationship uh, between the star players and the commissioner. Maybe not necessarily the owners, but the commissioner. And that helps in selling what has to be sold here, which is the one-site concept. And he's gotten feedback from players about how they feel about that, that bubble idea um, what they might like and not like about it, because he really needs the cooperation of the Players Association and, and, and by extension, really the star players, because they do drive maybe more than any other sport. Uh, I, I think they drive the conversation among the 450 players in the league. And if you can sell your star players and what it is that you want to accomplish, how you need to do it, they can go out and start selling it with their peers too. And, and Adam Silver's understood that. And, and he has made his star players a big part of the conversation because there's a lot of real difficult economic conversations coming between the union and the players or the union and the league. And they're going to have to alter how the salary cap looks for next year and luxury tax and a lot of boring, dry financial topics that are going to absolutely have a big impact on competitive balance in the league. What the league's really worried about, Dan, is not so much what happens this summer, but what happens next year if they if they can't have fans in arenas or if they have to have like a social distancing uh, situation with fans where in a 20,000-seat arena maybe you can only have 4,000 or 5,000 people? Um, and how do, you, how do you manage that? Because the revenue stream of the league, 40% of it depends upon uh, 
basically game night receipts. I know this sounds crazy, but if we start to inch closer to deeper into the summer, is there any chance the commissioner would say, I'm going to take the two top teams in the East and the two top teams in the West. Therefore, I can cut down the travel and the number of people involved in this and I can reduce the odds of somebody testing positive. You basically have a final four for the NBA. Could you ever see us? Because they they're bound and determined to crown a champion here, Woj. They are determined to crown a champion, uh, Dan, but I think they want to crown a legitimate champion. Okay. And I don't think that would, I don't think they would see that as legitimacy. I don't, th- there won't be a playoff team left behind. Now, okay. after the playoff teams, that may still be up for debate. But one thing Adam Silver did say, and a call with the players that his goal was to have seven game series in each playoff um, round and that they wouldn't cut it down to a best of five in any round and, and try to make the champion as legitimate as it can be. Yeah. I had heard that they were, they were looking at a five game series for the first round and then they would eventually get to, to seven games, but you're uh, you're refuting that with your information. Well, so I certainly I trust think, that. But then I, when you say they were talking about, it, I do think they were talking okay. about it. I think they knew all of it was based on how many days do we have to play with here? How many days do we have? But the goal is to do it in seven-game series. Um, but that doesn't mean they haven't discussed. They've discussed everything. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that was one of the conversations. What would that look like? I know their preference is to try to keep those playoffs best of seven all the way through. I'll leave you. Hey, here's what you don't want in the first round. I mean, if you you don't want a 1-8 upset. Like, this isn't – the last thing you want is a five-game series where the eighth seed has a better <laughs> chance. I mean, come on, we know you don't really want that. No. Uh, I'll leave you with this. Are we uh, pushing back the 2021 season, no matter what happens the rest of this summer? I think it's increasingly likely, Dan, and I think pushing it back gives the league next year more more time to have more dates where they could have fans in the arena. Because if you, if you start in mid-October, which you can't do anyway if, if this season pushes into late September or into September, um, it just buys the league more time to kind of kick – kick the can down the road to have fans in buildings because that's what they're really worried about. If you were covering Jordan now in that last year with the questions that have emerged from that, like how would you approach that as an NBA insider of, you know, the flu game or the food poisoning game, Jerry Krause, Phil Jackson, you know, can you bring him back? Like, could you let us into your world of how you think you would have uh, approached that in today's world? I think the one difference, Dan, might have been, and there was a mortal NBA writers media then uh, who were covering it day to day. I think there's more attention now on the salary cap and the financial impact of of the decision uh, Scottie Pippen might have had on a one-year $14 million deal versus doing the sign-and-trade. I think there would have been more attention paid to the economics and the cap and how difficult it would have been to bring the whole group back. I think that's probably a small difference in it. Not, not the other stuff with Jordan? I think it was all covered. I just think we – I just think it was covered in newspapers. It was covered uh, at Sports Center. I don't get the sense it wasn't all covered. I just think that the platforms were different and it didn't inundate us like it might with social media now. But how would social media have affected Michael Jordan? Oof. Good question. It, it It's affected every great player that I've ever covered or been around. And because if you're looking for slights, like, hey, listen, social media <laughs> is not the place to go 
for uh, uh, self-affirmation. Like if you're looking to feel better about yourself, it's generally not the place you'd go, probably even for Michael Jordan. Yeah. Hey, Woj, great stuff, and uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time. Absolutely. Anytime, Dan. That's Adrian Wojnarowski, the uh, Woj podcast there, where he discusses the hottest topics around the league only on the Woj podcast. Yeah, you're, you know, how we cover the NBA now as opposed to how it was covered back then. Social media is so, you know, it's, it's omnipresent there. And no matter what happens, no matter what's said, how it's said, it's always interpreted differently with the number of critics, so-called critics, that you'll have on social media there. And I wonder if Michael, how he would have handled any type of criticism that he would have gotten. Because it felt like in Chicago there were people who had to ask some tough questions. Outside of Chicago, it felt like everybody was there for the ride. You wanted to see the amusement park. In Chicago, you still had to cover these things. Now, did you go all in? Did you go, you know, Woodward and Bernstein here on uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls? Probably not. You don't want to bite the hand that feeds. And we do know Mike can hold a grudge for a decade or two or three. He doesn't hold a grudge. He strangles a grudge. <laughs> kids, man. All right, a couple of phone calls in here. Oh, look who's back. Frank in Ohio is back. Hey, Frank. Hey, hey Dan. How you doing? What, what happened? My phone tapped out. I, just, I had it on speakerphone so I could hear it, and the next thing you know, I heard a little, actually, I heard nothing, and I was like, what the heck happened? And somehow my call just blanked out, so my apologies on that. Well, wait, are you calling with the same phone that died, Frank? Uh, no. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> Say at least no. You got a burner calling phone. From the back, yes. Calling from the, the neighborhood of Springfield, Ohio, I have a two-part question okay. for you. Okay. All right. First one is, since you're, and you kind of touched upon it, do you think, you talk about the advantages that Jordan would have in playing in today's NBA game. Do you think his burnout would have been accelerated um, because of all the media coverage? Or he would have been burned out sooner? And the second question is, would you consider doing a last dance if you knew you were going to retire, even at the risk of your reputation of being a nice guy? Would, would I or Jordan? No, would you do a last dance documentary your last year on the air? No. No, I don't think so. But thank you, Frank. Uh, social media probably would have sped up the process here with Michael Jordan. Social media with his baseball career would have really roughed him up. Basketball was hard to complain with what you saw with Michael. Baseball, social media would have roughed Michael up. And no, I wouldn't want to do a last dance behind the scenes. I mean, we, we, we're doing a documentary every single day. Everything is documented. It's all in front of you. We, we have 13 cameras in here. So I don't know what else they would show you because even during the commercial breaks, you get to hear what we're talking about. Yeah, Paul. If there was a behind the scenes documentary of this show, you'd be drastically bored. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> yeah. us? There's couple, someone's shooting a couple free throws. Someone's making eggs. Yeah, that's sort of what we do. You get to watch <laughs> us do this. You get to watch us make the sausage. Literally watch us make the sausage. Bryce in Minnesota joins us. Hey, Bryce, what do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Hey, Six foot, 210. Hey, just wanted to bring up an interesting tidbit. Uh, I listened to part of my take from Barcel Sports with PFT and Big Cat yesterday, and they had Carl Malone on. And, you know, I recall back to the Last Saints documentary, 
And Jason yesterday said that they asked Carl a hundred times and, you know, they got to know every single time. But yesterday on PMT, they asked Carl if he had got asked to do the interview and just hard no, simple no. So I just wanted to bring that up. Okay. Well, thank you, Bryce. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I talked to the guys at Pardon My Take because I heard that yesterday. They asked him briefly, were you asked to do the Jordan documentary? And he said no, but he also told him he didn't want to talk about Jordan in the whole thing before and during that he didn't want to talk about Jordan. So he, he both, he said that he wasn't really, uh, well, I'm confused. He, he, he was asked briefly there? on the air. Uh, were you asked to be in the documentary? No, did, did the director, Jason Hare, ask Carl Malone to be in the documentary? Yes. Jason confirmed to me that he asked, uh, he asked Carl Malone directly and indirectly a dozen different times over the course of two years and made every effort to come to him to do a dual interview with him and Stockton yeah. in every fashion. And Carl Malone saying he was not asked, though. Well, that doesn't make sense that Carl Malone wasn't asked. Right. Which he was. Carl Malone. That's silly. I, I believe what. You know, Jason Harris saying that, hey, I reached out to everybody. They interviewed 106 people. Are you trying to tell me that Carl Malone, who played an integral part in the final sequence of Jordan's final days? That doesn't make sense at all. Brian Russell was asked. Brian Russell didn't respond to being interviewed for the Last Dance documentary. And Brian Russell is only a footnote as... He's there when Jordan, you know, gets the shot off against him. That's it. That's all anybody ever talks about when they mention Brian Russell. That's it. Carl Malone. Carl Malone's what the second all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Won the MVP that year. Carl Malone would have been one of the guys. If you go top ten guys, we got to get for the documentary. Aside from the Bulls, Carl Malone's in the top ten of guys that you're going to seek out. He and Stockton, but more Carl Malone than Stockton. All right, we'll take a break. Play of the day coming up. Uh, LeBron James talks about being Michael Jordan's teammate. Oh, my God. Let the clicks begin. Controversy. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Nick in San Diego back on the show. Hi, Nick. What do you have for me today? Danny boy, how we doing, buddy? Good, sir. What's on your mind, Nick? So, me being from San Diego, I was thinking, uh, this is an idea. What if the Pac-12 maybe broke into like a north and a south? And like, for example, the Southern Pac-12 absorbed like the Mountain West Conference to add more teams to be able to play in a closer reference. So that way, like UCLA plays San Diego State as opposed to having to go all the way to Arizona. Well, I think it's a good idea in concept, uh, but I, it's not going to happen. Thank you, Nick. We're going to have Chip Kelly on. UCLA's head coach, I believe, is joining us tomorrow. Yeah, the Pac-12 is trying to sort this out. They're just going to have conference games. Here is what I was told yesterday, reinforced today, and that is the other conferences are looking at the SEC and saying the SEC is planning on coming back in June. When you have the alpha dog here, that's when everybody else is going, well, wait a minute here. You know, they're, USC and Alabama is not going to happen in Texas, in Arlington, in, Jerry, you know, in, uh, in uh, Jerry's stadium there. It, it's 
Not going to happen. Alabama might end up playing TCU because TCU is local and they could still play that game. I don't see USC and Alabama playing, you know, to kick off the college football season. Pac-12, not quite sure what's going to happen with their schools. Can you travel? You, you're stretched all over the place. You know, different. how many different states are involved here in the proximity? Although California may be now open for business, will help. But the SEC is the alpha dog here, folks. And they're planning on coming back in June. So that's something to keep an eye on. All right, McLevin, you got a poll question? Yeah, I went ahead and put it up there for clicks. The question is, who would you rather have as a teammate? Oh, no. LeBron or MJ? And there's already some Twitter feedback that it's too obvious. Too obvious who I want as my teammate? Yeah, people are saying, of course you want LeBron because he's going to pass you the ball more. Some people are saying that. Yeah, I understand that. But you might say... Am I going to win? Like, how important is winning in all of this? Also, you might go, how, how enjoyable is this going to be? Because we can look out as outsiders and go, man, that must have been crazy, but you're still winning championships. Those guys who were part of this, I don't know how much enjoyment was there. I think there's a whole lot of enjoyment now when you take a victory lap. I don't know if they enjoyed this like we did watching it. Yeah, Paul. I would want LeBron as my teammate as long as Michael Jordan isn't somebody else's teammate. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if Michael Jordan's not in the league, sure, I want LeBron as my teammate. Reggie said it yesterday. He would like LeBron as his teammate. And then you asked him, what gives you a better chance to win? He goes, oh, Michael. Uh, LeBron was asked uh, the After Party podcast, and uh, he was asked about uh, playing with Michael Jordan. He had this to say. I know me personally, the way I play the game, when it comes to like team first, I just feel like my best assets work perfectly with Mike. Mike is an assassin. Mike is an assassin when it comes to that, playing the game of basketball, the way he scored the ball, you know, my ability to pass, uh, my ability to read the game, and then just taking the challenge. Like, I love when a teammate come to me and challenge me and tell me, okay, all right, come on now. All right, six, you know, when I was in Miami, D-Wade used to be like, all right, six, let's go. You know, T. Lou used to challenge me a lot when I was in Cleveland. He'd be like, all right, bro, what you waiting on? You know what I'm saying? And I just see that from Mike. And, you know, I just feel like our games was just a perfect, you know, a perfect, you know, correlation to be able to uh, just be successful. Okay, that's the current philosophy of the NBA. Partner up. Now, that LeBron is not saying that, but this is how it's going to be viewed. This will be the prism that it's viewed through is, oh, LeBron couldn't beat Michael. He would want to join Michael. That's not what he's saying. He's asked about this. How would you, you know, when, if you're playing with Jordan, how would your abilities, assets fit in with Michael Jordan? He said they would be great. You know, he would be an upgrade over Scottie Pippen is what he's saying. Now, this is the difference, though. If you ask Michael Jordan this, Michael would, it, I'm just guessing here, but knowing Michael a little bit, I would think if somebody said, hey, how would your skill level match up with LeBron as a teammate? And knowing Michael, he would probably say, oh, I don't want him as my teammate. I'm going to beat him. If you ask him back in the 90s, hey, how do you think you would, uh, how would it work with you and Magic? Oh, I, I don't want to play with Magic. I want to beat Magic. Like that. That's the philosophy, that's the mentality of Michael Jordan. Now, I'm not saying that that's LeBron's approach to this. He's asked about, it's a, it's a specific question about you being a teammate of Michael's. And instead of, hey, 
I would fit in, but I would rather go again. If you ask Kobe this, hey, how would you and Mike, uh, you know, fared with each other as teammates? Kobe would say what? Oh, I don't want to be his teammate. (laughs) I want to beat him. It's just a different mentality there. And I know this, all this does is it, it resurfaces the argument of Michael Jordan, LeBron James. It, nobody changes their opinion on this. No one ever changes their opinion. And now with this documentary, you're not changing your opinion anytime soon. If, if LeBron gets seven titles, he's still not going to be greater than Michael Jordan to people. It's never going to happen. He can be the all-time leading scorer. He can be top 10 in assists. He's not going to be viewed as better than Michael Jordan because he is different. Kobe, you could view him as approaching Michael Jordan, not LeBron. Kobe is closer to Michael. If you want to make those comparisons, then you have an apt comparison. They're the same players. But as Kobe acknowledged, I'm not me without Michael. And LeBron acknowledges that as well, the impact that Michael had on him. But we love the argument. It's a never-ending argument. It's a tiresome argument. And nobody's changing their opinion. LeBron talks about playing football. Wanted to play for the Cowboys. I actually saw him play a high school football game. He wore the number nine. I'll tell you why he wore the number nine. Coming up next hour. One hour in the books, two more to go. Dan Patrick Show. 